All right. Welcome back, everyone. We are episode eight of the Avid Investor Podcast with me, your host, Josh Adamek. And today we're going to talk about the benefits of buying down your debt, eliminating your debt, and you know, living debt-free. And I'm going to tell you, um, this is a, a subject that, that a lot of people don't talk about. Most people don't talk about. Actually, there, there are very few people that talk about this, this method and this way of thinking, and I'll tell you why. It's because the only person that benefits from this is you. The creditors lose out. The financial institutions lose out. The salesmen lose out um, that are going to put you in a, bitter, uh, a bigger product, a more expensive product. Everyone, many people lose out when you adopt these principles. And again, the only person that benefits from this is you. So it's a it's a subject that that many, many people, very, actually very few people talk about. So let's dive into the details. <clears throat> what I mean by buying down your debt um, and eliminating your debt and living a debt-free uh, lifestyle is uh, you can look at it uh, from both uh, a personal standpoint and, and a business standpoint. And um, uh, when I when I say buying down your debt, um, I mentioned in a previous episode, I talked about uh, ROI. ROI is very important to me. I look at ROI in most things in life. ROI is return on investment. If I put this out, what's uh, what's created in return? Not necessarily what do I get in return, um, but what what is the benefit? What is the ROI? Because a lot of times I'll, I'll invest, you know, I'll invest time, I'll invest resources. Uh, there's a return on investment, um, but it may not be a direct investment or a direct benefit to me. So, um, but when I look at the principles of buying down your debt and living debt free, that is something that, that typically, you know, I, I benefit from. So, um, you know, when I, when I look at, uh, when I look at debt, when I look at um, financial obligations, uh, when I look at you know balance sheets and income, and you know what's uh, uh, you know what's going on globally uh, with with my personal finances and with my business finances, uh, when it comes to uh, to, to business, um, what I mean by buying down your debt is is you know when you have when you have some ex excess income, when you have some excess cash. Uh, you can do well, uh, you can do several things with it. You can take that money, you can reinvest it into something new. Uh, you can go out. Obviously, you can blow it. You can buy a boat. You can buy a car. You can buy you know jewelry, whatever. Um, you know what I prefer to do is you know one of the one of the strategies that I've adopted uh, early on was you know can I take that that chunk of cash? Can I take that excess income and can I put it? Can I take it and I can I buy down some existing debt? And if I do that, what's the return? What's the ROI? What's the return on investment? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, for example, uh, as I mentioned in previous episodes early on, you know, I bought, um, you know, I built a, a, a rental portfolio with some traditional financing. I would buy a house. And again, I started this business with with um, very little resources. I had no money. It was there was no there was no hand me downs. I didn't take over, you know, mom and dad's business or anything like that. I started, you know, basically from zero. Um you know, so when I when I started my business, when I started building uh, my my real estate uh, portfolio, my um, 
my portfolio of rental properties, I would do it the traditional way. I would, you know, I would get some financing, typically some, you know, some hard money, some, um, uh, some financing that was available uh, to buy the home, to rehab the home. And then I would then go to a, a bank and refinance that. And I would do that over and over again. So when I was building my, my rental portfolio early on, uh, there was typically debt uh, attached to, to each of those homes. Now there was a spread, you know, the debt, the debt to, um, uh, uh, the ratio was low, you know, low, you know, I don't know what the ratios were at the time, but, you know, maybe I'd borrow 50, 60, you know, 70%, uh, LTV basically pull out, you know, what was spent on the property. Um, and then, you know, do that again. So when I was building that portfolio, I would have debt, attached to those those properties now that i'm a little bit much further along in my investment career in in my portfolio uh and we have uh you know might get to the point we have some additional income there's some some um you know some cash infusions maybe there's some sales or you know some of the uh uh for whatever reason you know there's some excess income well i i will i will sometimes take that excess income, look at that excess income and say, you know, what can I do with this? What, what makes sense? Do I want to buy another property? Um, do I, how can I reinvest this? Uh, so it makes sense for the long term. <clears throat> and what I will do, for example, and I'm just do, using round numbers here. I am, uh, you know, I'm doing this math in my head. So, you know, if, if the percentages are off, if the ratios are slightly off, uh, don't give me a hard time over it. Just, understand, try to grasp the concept and the message uh, that I'm trying to get across. So as I said, for example, you know, let's just say I have 50 or $75,000, um, uh, you know, that's available to, you know, do something with. Now, you could go out and buy a car, you could go out and buy a boat, you could go out and buy something stupid that's, that's you know, not going to get you any further ahead. Or you could take that that chunk of cash and look at your existing capital stack, your existing debt and say, you know, where does this make sense? And the, what I do um, under this thinking, under this method is if I can, if I can buy down debt, if I can eliminate uh, debt service and that equates to more than a 10% ROI uh, return on investment, I will typically do that. So for example, let's just use some round numbers. I have a I have a rental property that I bought years ago that uh, um, you know that's that's a solid property, good house, good neighborhood, and let's just say there's there's an outstanding mortgage on the property of sixty thousand um, uh, dollars. So so you have a mortgage payment of sixty thousand dollars or a, a mortgage balance of sixty thousand dollars, and let's say just for round numbers that that monthly payment is five hundred bucks a month. Now, sure, you know that current property might be renting for twelve or fifteen hundred bucks a month, or you know whatever the case may be. And there's a spread, there's a margin on the cash flow. It's still it's still self self supporting, and it's still you know making some money. But if if you look at at the ratio at the calculation, there's a five hundred dollar a month payment. There's uh which is $6,000 a year. There's a $60,000 outstanding balance. So the cost of that $60,000 outstanding balance is $6,000 a year. If I take $60,000 and pay off that outstanding balance of $60,000, eliminate those that $6,000 per year, that $500 per month uh, payment, that's a 10% ROI. 
Now, you can use that method. You can use that thinking. Create a 10% ROI. You just freed up $6,000 a year. Uh, you've just increased your cash flow and increased your, your uh, net revenue by $6,000 a year. You can use that thinking, that principle, those principles, or you could take that $60,000 or whatever that is. You could put it somewhere else, maybe put it towards another property. But, you know, for me, um, you know, I look at, uh, I look at creating, creating greater spreads. Uh, you know, we talked about in, in, in previous episodes, assets versus liability, assets versus liabilities. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing wrong with responsible leverage when it comes to business. Uh, there's nothing wrong with, with having debt, um, you know, against cash flowing, self-supporting assets. But if, if, if your goal is to increase, uh, assets and reduce liabilities, buying down your debt makes perfect sense. Um, now, why I say most people don't talk about this is prime example right there. I've taken that $60,000 and I've paid down some debt. That debt was already accounted for. You know, the uh, the bank has already, has already you know, um, created that mortgage, created that loan. Uh, they've already been paid on that. By me paying down that loan, the bank loses out. They're losing interest rates. By me taking that $60,000 and paying off that loan, um, rather than going out and buying something new, uh, whether it be, you know, a boat, a car, or jewelry or whatever, you know, all those people lost out on that sale. Um, by not taking that and reinvesting in, by, by, not taking that $60,000 and buying another property, you know, there's, there's a loss on uh, a loss of a sale from, from someone else, whether that be, you know, an agent that could potentially have uh, collected a commission on a new sale, uh, whether that, um, you know, whether that be uh, a homeowner or, you know, uh, a property owner that, that lost out on that sale. So, so, or a wholesaler that lost out on, you know, catching a fee on another sale. So that's why I said, you know, this, this is something, this is a strategy that, that, that nobody talks about. But if you look at, at the nuts and bolts uh, behind the strategy from your personal finances, it makes total sense. So that's an example on business, you know, buying down your debt. And you can look at it, you know, anywhere across, uh, across your business, you know, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's buying down your debt on, on a, um, uh, on a, on a property, whether it's buying down some, some other <clears throat> business debt, maybe you have, maybe you have some, some, you know, credit lines or, uh, you know, a mortgage on, on a building that you own, uh, that you operate your business off of. So, you know, take a look at, at your current financial obligations, take a look at your available cash and maybe, maybe before you, you know, blow that available cash or buy something new, take a look at the ratios and see if it makes sense to, um, you know, buy down some of your business debt. So uh, that's that's what I wanted to talk about from, from a business standpoint. Now, if you take those same principles of buying down your debt, eliminating your debt and apply it to your, your personal finances, that is where it becomes a total game changer. Um, because with your personal finances, with your personal obligations, there's typically no income that supports that debt. The income that supports that debt is your income. Uh, the amount of money that you make every two weeks or every month or every year or whatever, um, 
you have to uh, you have to make enough money to support your debt and your obligations. So I talked about this uh, again, I, I believe in a previous episode is, you know, assets versus liabilities. So, you know, me, my personal goal is to increase assets and keep the liabilities down. And in my opinion, that's how you get ahead in life. That's how you create something is to constantly work to grow those assets but make sure that you're not, you know, growing those liabilities that go along with it. Uh, so what I mean by that is a lot of people get caught up in, you know, what's commonly referred to as as the shiny object syndrome or, you know, live li living their life on on credit and payments and and debt service. So um, I've seen many, many times uh, where, you know, somebody starts a business or starts out at a certain level uh, and then they and then they start their business. Their business starts to grow over several over the next several years or over the next decade. But you watch and as their business is growing, they're buying more and more junk to go along with it. They're buying, you know, nicer cars. They're buying nicer houses. They're buying a vacation house. They're um, committing to additional uh, uh, additional debt. And if you look at it, if you stand back and look, it's like, okay, went from making, you know, $50,000 a year, $25,000 a year to $100,000, $150,000, $250,000, you know, half million, million dollars a year. The, the increase, the income keeps increasing. But if you look back, it's like, and you, you start to do some math, it's like, well, you know, they went from driving a Toyota to driving a Range Rover or two Range Rovers. And now they live in a million dollar house. And now they got, you know, uh, you know, vacation home or a ski home, you know, a, a home on the ski resorts or something like that. And it's like, you see those, those monthly obligations that continue to go up and continue to rise. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like getting caught up in the hamster wheel. It's like, it never, never ends the cycle. The cycle never ends. Um, so one of the biggest things, one of the biggest mistakes you can make in my opinion is committing your future income to serve your current lifestyle. And what that means is, you know, getting caught up in debt, getting caught up in payments, getting caught up in shiny object syndromes. It's like I had a good year. Um, so I'm going to go buy a new house. Well, guess what? You know, if you, if you finance that house and you, you bought something that's, that's out of, out of your means, um, you know, you're committed to pay for that house for the next, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, maybe. And, because you had a good couple of years, that might not always, you know, <laughs> that that growth and 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 that income may not always be there, especially if you're a business owner. So increasing assets, re reducing lab or reducing or eliminating liabilities is where it's at, uh, by all means. So um, when it comes to buying down your debt uh, from from your personal lifestyle or eliminating debt, not having debt obligations. Uh, what I mean by that is, let's just take this for example. We talked about the house already. We talked about the rental property. Now let's just look at a car for example. Um, you're doing good. You had a good year. You want to go buy, you know, a nice car. Let's say you're gonna, and of course, you know, many many people don't don't buy cars. They lease cars. Why? Because the payments lower. Um, and the and when you lease a car, the only person that the only people that win is is the is the the, the salesman and uh, the 
the the dealers and and the uh, financial institutions uh, that that back those sales. Um, if you look at the cost of a lease over time, it's it's absolutely ridiculous uh, what those ra- ratios and what that um, what that percentage rate equates to what you're paying to actually have that car for a short period of time. So let's take that for example. <clears throat> Want to buy a new car? You did really well. You're doing great. You're gonna buy a Range Rover. I don't know. What's what's a really nice Range Rover cost? One hundred fifty thousand dollars, something like that, for the you know one of the better ones, uh, the the wide body, the big body, whatever it calls. So whatever it's called, so it's one hundred fifty thousand dollar Range Rover. Lease payment on that is two thousand dollars a month, and you're gonna say, well, it's not two thousand dollars a month to lease a Range Rover. Well, it's pretty close. I mean, the the lease payment might be you know. 13, 15, 1800 bucks a month, but then you got to put a big chunk down uh, when you lease the range. And then if you, if you amortize that, that, or if you, you know, put that cost of, of your down over the, over the monthly payments, yeah, it's probably close to two grand a month. It probably equals close to two grand a month. So your $150,000 Range Rover costs you two grand a month to have it for, you know, three years. So that cost of ownership is $24,000 a year on that Range Rover. Okay, so if you look at that, you got $24,000 a year that you're paying for that Range Rover. Now, everybody knows that you can buy a slightly used car that's still really nice for much, much cheaper, uh, much, much less. You can buy that same $150,000 Range Rover uh, that's, you know, three, four years old for probably half price, call it 75 grand. And again, if my numbers are off, you know, my friends that are listening in, in the automotive industry or my car friends, you know, if my numbers are slightly off, don't give me a hard time. Just look at the ratios. Just look at the concept, the message that I'm trying to get across. Uh, so you got your $150,000 Range Rover, two grand a month lease payment. It's like, you got a great, you got a brand new car. Well, after you drive it for six months or after you drive it for a month or two, it's no longer a brand new car. It's a used car. Um, so if you take that same Range Rover, uh, you buy a, a used one that's three, four years old, $75,000, okay? Now, your option is lease a brand new Range Rover, cost you two grand a month, or if you have the, the, the cash available, the money available, pay cash for a used Range Rover that's $75,000. Now, by paying cash, for, by paying $75,000 cash for that used vehicle, you've eliminated $2,000 a month in payments, $24,000 a year. Now, if you do the basic math, that's about a 30% ROI because you've, you've basically increased your income or you've decreased your monthly obligations, which in a sense increases your income or decreases your need to make that much more money. Um, You've you've eliminated two thousand dollars a month in payments, twenty four thousand dollars a year. You paid seventy five thousand dollars cash for the Range Rover. That's thirty percent return on investment. That's great. I mean, I look at ten. I look for ten percent. So you know, instead of buying a brand new car, leasing a brand new car, I pay cash for a used car, or you pay cash for a used car, and and eliminate the need for those two thousand those two thousand dollar a month payments. Thirty percent ROI. Now look at it. It's like, you know, are you in are you in a position? Are you in a point where do you really need that Range Rover? Like, what what are you gonna do with it? Maybe you're really, maybe you're you're in into cars. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my cars. Um, I love fast cars. I love performance vehicles. I love custom vehicles. Um, but you know, everybody's everybody's opinion, everybody's take on vehicles is is 
is totally different. So um, maybe you don't need that $75,000 Range Rover. Maybe you, maybe you want to have it. Maybe you like it. Maybe you think it looks great, but you're like, you're like, you know what? I don't really need that that $150,000 vehicle. And you know what? I don't really need that $75,000 vehicle. So do you have the ability to afford $2,000 a month in, uh, lease payment? Yeah, probably. A lot of people do. Um, but rather than leasing that brand new vehicle, rather than buying that, that $75,000 uh, Range Rover, maybe you buy an SUV or something that's a little bit, a little bit, still nice, but a little bit less expensive, a little bit cheaper, a little bit, um, I don't want to say lower end model, because there's still some really nice vehicles that, that, that cost far less than Range Rover. So, you know, you buy, um, you know, you buy whatever it is, the, um, let's call it, let's, let's get away from the luxury. Let's just say you buy, you buy a Jeep or, you know, Jeep Wrangler, Jeep Grand Cherokee, or you buy a, you know, one of the, the Toyota SUVs or something like that that costs you like 40, $50,000, maybe $30,000. Now you wanted the Range Rover. You'd love to have the Range Rover, but you went with, uh, you went with like the, the $50,000 Jeep or the $40,000 SUV or whatever the case may be. Now you didn't commit to those $2,000 a month payments Instead, you bought, you know, you paid cash, 30, 40, $50,000. Look at that. I mean, just, you can do the math. You can do the ratios. You didn't commit to, to the $24,000 a year in payments. Instead, you, you know, you paid, you know, $50,000 and you got a vehicle that's still really nice, um, that gets you from point A to point B, does everything you need. And rather than committing to $24,000 a year in payments, you're at, uh, you paid cash, you know, $50,000 cash for a vehicle. I mean, that's like 50%, 50% ROI. And it, it comes down to choices, decisions. Um, if, if you're truly concerned with your, your financial position in life and truly getting ahead, you should look at that. You should look at those ratios, um, and look at that true cost in everything that you do. Um, you know, again, you know, many, many people get caught up in the, in the shiny ob object syndrome credits available. I know, you know, daily I get emails. It's like, re you know, you have this available. You can, you can qualify for this loan. You can qualify for that. Every, every store you walk into to buy something, it's like, do you want the credit card? Do you want this? Do you want that? It's like, no, no, I don't want it. Thank you. But no, I don't want it. Um, I don't want those payments. I don't want those obligations. I don't need, you know, I don't need to buy that stuff. Um, you know, if, if, if I, if I can't afford it. So, um, you know, again, the, the idea or, or the, uh, the, the commitment to yourself, in my opinion, should be get those assets up, get that income up, keep that income growing, but make sure that you're not, you don't have the, the obligations and the commitments, you know, the debt service, uh, that goes along with it. Um, huge, huge, huge benefit is buying down your debt. When you make more money, you start to do good, you do really well, you know, rather than going right out on a shopping spree and buying the big car, or buying the, buying the boat, buying the, 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 the bigger house, you know, on payments, keep stacking it up, keep serving and keep stacking. And when you have chunks of money, when you have available cash, look at what, what can I do to, to, you know, to maintain my current lifestyle and pay things off and create a greater spread. Um, buying down your debt is huge. It's huge. Um, you know, again, early on, I, um, I, 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 I committed to, um, 
you know, some, some mentorship, some, some training on a, on a much higher level. Uh, part of that training was, you know, working the, the seven steps of financial freedom. Um, you know, we can, we're going to talk about that. I actually have a guest coming up on a, on a future episode, um, who's a very good friend and mentor of mine. We're going to dive into those details, the seven steps to financial freedom. Um, but buying down your debt and paying down your debt is a huge, huge part of that. And, you know, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that, you know, I've adopted those principles early on and that I didn't, um, that I didn't get caught up in, in the, in what we call the shiny object syndrome, um, where you're making more money, you're doing good. And then you go buy a bunch of dumb shit that you don't need. So, um, you know, that's all I have for today. Uh, it's important to me, these messages that I share, um, you know, it's, it's the principles that, that I live by the things that I follow. And, and I feel obligated to, to share that message and those principles and those thoughts with you take it for what it's worth. Uh, but you know, again, buying down your debt, look at those ratios before you go out and buy something that you really don't need. Can you take that income or can you take that revenue and can you create a greater spread assets up liabilities down is where it's at hands down. Have a great day.